I am not any different than any of the guests we serve. There is brokenness in my life. There is brokenness in their lives. I had access to more resources and more relationships. In a lot of cases, that's the difference between myself and the people that we serve is they've just lost the relationships. And so we get to fill that gap. Welcome to the Responsive Nonprofit Podcast, brought to you by Virtuous. Responsive nonprofits are the organizations thriving in today's ever-changing fundraising landscape, leading with innovation to grow giving and impact. Join us each week in spirited conversation with the leading voices across philanthropy, fundraising, and nonprofit technology. Subscribe on your favorite station or visit us over at www.virtuous.org backslash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Virtuous. Are you stuck using outdated, slow, and redundant technology to power your nonprofit? It's time to make the switch. Virtuous gives your organization the fundraising, volunteer, and marketing tools you need to create a more responsive donor experience and grow giving. Want to learn more? Get a personalized demo today at virtuous.org slash demo. That's virtuous.org slash demo. We are here today seeing generosity in action. The Virtuous team has been spending wonderful, intentional, quality time with our dear friends and partners here at Mel Trotter Ministries, and we are seeing firsthand not only their impact and their programs, but the way that they're innovating into the future to serve those impacted by homelessness here in Grand Rapids. Here at Virtuous, we believe that generosity has the power to transform the world, and that starts in the heart of each and every giver and volunteer. And we do that through helping nonprofits by using responsive technology through a donor database and CRM, marketing automation platform, and giving experiences to bring nonprofit organizations closer to the donor. My name is Brian Funk, and I'm a marketing manager here at Virtuous, and I'm joined by a few of my fellow teammates. Hey, Brian, I'm Chip Johnston. I have the good privilege of running our more faith-forward business at Virtuous. Brian, I'm Tyler here with Virtuous. I get the pleasure of working with commercial organizations to help reach those features and reaching donors and that heart of generosity. I'm Kara, um, on the same team as Kyler and have the honor and privilege of bringing nonprofits on with Virtuous, um, welcoming them to the Virtuous family and seeing them succeed in growing generosity and impacting their mission. Love it. And we are beyond humbled and honored to introduce our dear friends over at Mel Trotter Ministries. I'm Heather Ostrink. I do the events at Mel Trotter Ministries. Hi, I am Beth Fisher, and I am on the advancement team at Mel Trotter Ministries. Beautiful. Well, while we were on a tour today, we were having a really, really heartfelt, rich conversation about the power of generosity. And we were talking about the downstream impacts of what happens when you actually change your strategy, your tools, your technology, how you empower your people, and what are the downstream impacts of that on your mission and the people you serve? So I'd love to just hand it over to Beth, and you can kind of tee us up with what's the heart of our conversations today and what we've been doing here today at Mel Trotter. Yeah, no, thank you. First of all, I, we're so happy that you guys are here visiting us. It has been really, honestly, our, our pleasure and our privilege. And I hear you guys as you introduce yourselves 
say you have the blessing and the honor and the privilege. And so it's true. And oftentimes I think when people who are not actually on the front lines or perhaps um, not proximate to the cause or maybe not part of a nonprofit, they understand what it is clearly and certainly, but when they're not doing the work, they kind of just say, we get it, but we get it from afar. So really, when I hear you guys say that you have the privilege of doing the work you do, it moves me because I know that that's true. I know that's true from what we see every single day from a technology standpoint. And one of the things that, again, I think people who are not necessarily in this sort of space every day will say, well, it's just a software program. Like, how can that provide generosity? How, what do you mean? Like, how can that actually provide what we're talking about, life change and transformation? And we say, well, first of all, we couldn't do the work that we do at Mel Trotter Ministries without donations from our amazing, generous donors, right? Like this work does not exist without people. We're trying to transform the lives of people every single day, people who oftentimes society has forgotten about or labeled or judged or sort of left behind. And what we're saying is, hey, we're here showing up every day to try and make an impact so that their lives can be changed, so that the relationships that perhaps they have not been able to sustain or never had in the first place can be reimagined and people can come alongside them. And whether that be from a technology vendor like you guys, from people every single day, from events that we're having, from donations that we're receiving, from volunteers that are coming in, like it takes a village, right? And so it's all the pieces and parts that come together. And so one of the things that we talked about in the last couple of days during our visit is like when you guys saw our, our physical building that's being transformed, that's providing more dignity and value to our guests. Guests who say, wow, you guys built this for me? This is just really for me? We say, yes, of course it's for you. Why wouldn't it be for you? And so everybody has equal mattering and value and worth. And we exist to demonstrate the compassion of Jesus for anyone experiencing homelessness. And so of all the amazing causes in the world, we know that there's good work being done, but it doesn't happen overnight and doesn't happen in a bubble. It's not a singular effort from any one person, from any one organization. It is really a culmination of people who care. And so the downstream effect of that, it's almost hard to put into words and to quantify, but every single day when we see people come through our mission and they will say, thank you for not giving up on me. Thank you for providing me the resources and the tools to do what I've always known I can do in the world, but maybe I just have forgotten. Thank you for providing me the gifts and the resources and the tools to do that. And with software, that happens. And so I came into the space in 2020, January of 2020. And I thought, I, I don't know what I'm doing other than really trying to come alongside people. I do know technology and software, and I know that I care about people. So how that ends up, I guess, TBD, right? <laughs> but one of the things that I learned very early on is that in order to really make the necessary changes that need to happen, you can't do it without the right people, the right processes, and the right platforms. Mm. Love that. Love the alliteration. We're big fans. I love this idea that really what you're talking about is we're, we're talking about transformation, not transaction. And that's everything from how you treat your donors, how you treat your beneficiaries and your guests here at Mel Trotter Ministries, to literally how we make decisions about the platforms that we use and the tools that we use. So when we think about it, like choosing a CRM, choosing someone to partner with is so much more than just this transaction. It's more than a technology decision. I love that you talk about it's people, it's passion, it's platform, it's processes, right? It's really holistic. So I would love to hear from the group, what are the right questions that people should be asking as they think about 
holistic generosity and transforming their mission holistically as it comes to give your team the right tools so that they can grow their impact? What should people be asking? What should people be considering? I'll add that. So our CEO, Gabe Cooper, wrote a book called Responsive Fundraising. And one of the concepts in that book is, first and foremost, and we discussed it earlier today, right? You got to create that internal culture where people are willing, able, and even almost excited about the idea of innovating with no fear of consequences necessarily if you fail as a result of doing that. So in my mind, that's the key, at least internally as an organization, is for the leadership to set that tone so that everybody knows this is where we're headed, this is what we're going to do, here's why we're doing it. And by the way, it's going to be really difficult and we're going to fail a lot, but that's okay because we're going to learn from it, we're going to iterate, and then we're going to improve. I love that. We absolutely had zero fear of that because I thought if we are truly changing people's lives, we have to, right? The answer is not no. The answer is yes, let's do it and figure it out as we go. And if we have to change, we will. Because if, if people show up every single day in a situation, in our case, of those experiencing homelessness and they can do it, and they feel like they're failing every day, but they're reaching, trying to reach this transformative state of what is deservant for them, right? We're like, well, then yeah, status quo is not an option for us. Like we are going to get better and it might be painful, but it's not as painful as what our folks go through. And so many organizations I think can kind of get handcuffed in the way that they've always done things, right? So again, it's, it's really challenging not only to embrace new technology, new processes, and really this whole new spirit of how we're going to innovate and how we're ultimately going to set ourselves up to be more successful and efficient and ultimately achieving our mission. But again, it's, I think it's just that idea, that concept of it's okay to fail and to steal a term from the Navy SEALs, you got to be ready to embrace the suck, right? Because it's going to be hard (laughs) and that's okay. I think it's about being emotionally prepared of what's going to happen, but it's so exciting. And y'all talked about it today when y'all really dove into it and you really thought about what you were going to do, what you were going to change. It was exciting to hear y'all talk about it because you were excited about it. And you talked about the collaboration that y'all had as a team. And there's no question that that was a key indicator that the organization as a whole at the highest levels had embraced that concept of we're going to fail forward. We're going to fail fast. We're going to innovate. We're going to make it happen. So that was exciting to hear. Yeah. Thank you for saying that because one of the things that, you know, coming from sort of a software background and doing a lot of system conversions, I prepared the team. I'm like, this might, we might have to embrace some suck here. Like conversions are not easy. So it might feel hard in the beginning, but like, trust me, trust us, trust the process. It's going to be worth it long-term. And I, I do have to tell you, it wasn't nearly as difficult as I sort of, they were like, we thought you said this was going to be hard. I'm like, well, okay, good. I'm glad that you're saying this, right? It, it truly wasn't as difficult from a conversion standpoint as it was just to get a mindset around the ongoing, this is the new direction. This is not, well, we used to do it in 2017 and 20, I'm like, well, this is not then, right? This is now. And our folks are experiencing homelessness today in very different systemic situations and worldly situations and inflation situations, right? So why would we continue to do things the old way if the new way that we're trying to help people through this season of their life is also changing, right? It has to beget one another. And so that's really, in retrospect, what people have said is like, it wasn't as hard. What it was is motivational. It was, wow, we saw this one process work and work really well. So now what else can we do? Those are the right questions. Beth, I think what sits with me as you talk about that process of transitioning and the embracing of the suck that goes into that, I also think about the work you all are doing that we've experienced today and the work that is going into the transformation of lives and the program application 
of the work you do and the work that those experiencing homelessness are doing to recover and restore from that place. And so seeing that process across the board and transition that our world has seen since you started in January 2020, that transformation that happened in March that really dropped the the ball and the eggshell broke wide open to say, this is the new era. So how can generosity really step into that? And I think we've seen that from the virtuous side of things with the blessing of working with the organizations that we do, that transformation that's happened over the last two years. No question. Very much so. Yep. I think, too, we saw an increase in generosity when everything happened, but we've been very fortunate and blessed that we haven't seen a huge decrease Mm -hmm. in that continued generosity. And I think that goes to having the technology, having the platforms that we do in order to communicate with our donors, with our community, what we're doing and how we are changing as an organization. You know, one of the biggest things we're doing with our capital campaign and the renovations, a lot of people gave us a lot of money. And we've really been able to communicate and we've put in the effort and the time to communicate with them, to show them what those dollars are doing, not just from a building perspective, because the transformation in the building itself is amazing. I I get goosebumps every time I think about it. But the transformation it's having in the people's lives who are now experiencing it. I know when the first men moved into their dorms, one of the gentlemen talked about, this is the first time I've been able to sleep with both eyes shut Mm -hmm. in years. Because there's just a safety to only having one other person in your room instead of a hundred other people in your room. So yeah, it's, it's overwhelming from our perspective. We feel blessed to be a part of helping to transform their lives and seeing them grow. And we celebrate with them as they do transform and grow. Well, and I think going off of that, just doing the tour today, it was so interesting to hear that you're not only, of course, impacting the communities that you're serving, but everyone who has been involved has been impacted as well. And their hearts have been just, you know, filled with so much joy and change and excitement about what you're doing, which is so, so cool to see. Yeah. All of our vendors who worked on the capital campaign, we talked about that even today when we were looking at the location of that used to be just this roof, this flat roof, and they're building straight up, just brand new additional space that is much needed. And their stories of their own personal transformation, they would say things like, we had no idea. You know, they form relationships with a lot of our guests because they're there every day. They're proximate to people. And they're like, you're not just a number. You're not just some story that I misunderstood. You're somebody who has a background and a formative stories about your own growing up and childhood that I also have. And I, I think in understanding our humanity, literally everyday humanity, that is what really bonds us together. And people will say, okay, my thinking has changed. Now, what do I do differently? That conversation is so valuable. And I go back to the research that's out there. You look at the Lilly School of Philanthropy, and I think Una, forgetting the last name right now, has a quote that says donors value the impact in organizations that create impact, but also having the insight into the organizations that are able to demonstrate that impact. So you talk about the space and the giving that's been done and able to come and see that in action, Um, the clinics that you all are putting together, the rooms and having that value. The ability to see that tangibly has ultimately contributed to the success there of capital campaigns and the flowing of pieces from that. Yeah, just personally, having grown up here in the Grand Rapids community, I did not grow up knowing a lot about Maltrotter other than they helped the people that none of us really wanted to deal with. So coming to work here has been transformative just in me as well. I mean, there was a lot of transformation before coming to work here, but 
being a part of it, being proximate to it, relationships that would keep them from ever, I'm never going to end up homeless because I have the relationships in my life. I have the family, I have the resources. And for whatever reason, and the reason doesn't matter, our guests have lost the relationships. And so we get to fill that gap. We get to stand in the gap with them, meet them where they're at and help them deal with their trauma, deal with their brokenness, confront it, heal from that. And then that is going to allow them to move on, hopefully, ideally, restore relationships that they've lost in the past. The common thread that I'm really seeing here as we think about transformational generosity is that when we think about things just being transactional, we think about giving dollar transactions. But when we take a bigger look and we take that holistic lens, generosity is the relationships that we have with the people that we love. It's building a new relationship. And like you're saying, like it just takes one person to help someone not fall into a situation where they are finding themselves in need of Mel Trotter Ministries. So generosity is relational. Generosity comes with our donors. Generosity looks like someone that's literally, like Kara said, someone that's literally helping expand the facilities here and make them brand new and feel like a home. They are interacting with the people you serve as they walk through the doors to do that work. And that's transforming their lives. The ripple effect is really, really, really powerful. I think what's been really cool for us to see is, I think at a, at a quick shot, we think about the work that you do here at the mission, but what you're doing transformationally, like we are literally recording this from your workforce development program. So we're not just talking about immediate emergency needs happening in the community. We're talking about long-term job training and housing placement and really helping people sustainably get up on their feet. and. That's holistic generosity. I mean, that is transforming people's lives. And that ripple effect transforms people's relationships, right? It, like it comes all the way back around. And it's powerful. It's moving. I mean, our, our team was holding back tears this morning. I, I just unbelievably powerful. And it's really powerful to think through where you've come in just a two-year window. I'd almost love some more insight from the Mel Trotter team. You know, what is that process looked like. I used to have a quote when I was a fundraiser. I had a sticky net, sticky pad on my computer and it always said the money has to match the size of the dream. And Mel Trotter has big dreams. So as you walk back and in the past two years, what have been the steps you've taken over that two-year window to get to this dream that's literally unfolding in real time here today? Yeah, no, it's a great question. And I would say that everything sort of starts with trust. And you said, Big dreams. We have a big visionary leading Mel Trotter Ministry. So Dennis Van Campen, our president and CEO, is just an exceptional visionary who sees about 12 steps ahead at all times, always from all directions. It's like his head is on a swivel, right? He just sort of gets it. And in so doing, it's sort of that you know, top-down mentality that sort of then motivates the rest of us to like get on board. And he's like, we can do this and we can do this. And we're like, yes, we can. How do we execute is always the question. Do we have the tools? Do we have the resources? Do What do we have? Do we have people in our community that can come alongside us that also see this dream and this vision? And so really it just, it starts there, right? Um, if you build it, they will come. We know, right? Big Kevin Costner fan over here. And so, you know, it's one of the things that as, as we see the holistic approach, the things that are needed, you mentioned we're here at Next Step of West Michigan, which is our workforce development program. We merged with Next Step in the summer of 2020, and we also merged with Heartside Ministry 
in January of 2020. So not that much was going on in that year. We're just like, hey, let's just have two mergers, but let's do it. But again, <laughs> it all goes to big picture because Dennis knew, and, and this was not that all of a sudden in January 2020, it was like out of boredom. He thought, hey, let's just give this a whirl. No, he is always thinking. And even when it's not communicated on the day, it's always in the background and there's always sort of movement happening. And then when it's time, he says to the team, here's what we're doing. Here's where we're going. What do we need? What do we need? And so at the end of the day, it's all about serving our guests. And so oftentimes what will happen is he'll text me and say, hey, I just met with a guest and this is a story. We need to do X, Y, and Z. Okay, got it. Hey, I just met with a case a case manager. They met with a guest. This happened here. We could expand that these 16 ways, right? So it's always just, again, not being afraid. There is no fear where we work and that really trickles down. So our, our team, you mentioned too, we have a lot of excitement in the advancement department. I love our team. I mean, we are all, we are, we are sort of fearless in terms of how we interact with each other, which then translates to the guests. I can walk out into the corridor at any given moment and see one of our team members, one of our 14 team members in conversation with a guest. And it's just all about, you understand that they are hungry. We have hungry people. We have humble people. And we have people that are just here to show up and to you know transform lives. And so when you have all those things going and you have a visionary leading that charge, it seems relatively, you know, easy is I guess an overstatement, but mm. relatively easy <laughs> to say, let's, you know, uh, depending on the day, to say, okay, let's let's put in a new CRM, right? How hard can it be? Because we can see big picture what the downstream impact is going to be. I love that. I'd love your perspective. We definitely work for a grand visionary. And that is fantastic. It is amazing to see the wheels working in Dennis's head as he is where we're going to go, where he wants us to go. And what I love most about that is, is what Beth said. It is all about serving the guests, providing a place that is compassionate and dignified. We serve everyone because we are called to. I mean, we serve everyone and there's no delineation within that. So it is, it's, it's, it is a joy to work at a place where we're not afraid to fail, where we'll try stuff and it didn't work. And that's okay because what do we learn from it? We don't really call it failure. We call it opportunities for growth. And I love that. It's so freeing to be able to work in a, an organization like that because we tried something new this year. We tried a brand new event and we didn't know how it was going to go. And we were all a little bit nervous, me especially. <laughs> and it was amazing. It was our first year and we really had a great success. And not only did we have a great success, we can't wait to do it again next year. And I love that we work in an organization where we can try things. And if they don't go well, okay, well, what do we need to do differently? And it's just a blessing. And I think particularly when we come to planning events, I mean, yes, there's always a financial component. We always want to raise money with events. And that's the bottom line. That is never the goal for me. For me, when I'm planning an event, the goal is always, what do I want our attendees to walk away feeling? Mm -hmm. That's always how I go about planning an event. How do we get our attendees, people who are not proximate to our guests on a daily basis, how do we get them to understand how closely connected they actually are to the people we're serving and how they can just feel so like I can personally have an impact whether it's financial, whether it's through the gift of time and talents, that's always the goal for me. I want to add one thing to what Heather said, because as I heard her say that, this just goes to, Heather also has that approach with our team internally. Like she will plan our mini events, sort of our like Friday afternoons once in a while, much needed. Okay, guys, we need a little time out here. Let's go have some together time. And she's always thinking about each one of us 
will walk away from that feeling. And really, she just always wants us to just know that we're seen and heard and that we are special and important. And so that just goes to how important it is within any organization to make sure that you've got the people in the right seats on the bus and to say, God has given you incredible giftings and skill sets and abilities. And how can we foster that at the same time that we're doing good work in the world? How can we make sure that we are also serving you well as an employee? For me, there's no greater gift of benevolence other than taking care of your employees well. I mean, it starts there. If you have people on staff that don't want to be there, well, that's going to trickle down. So everything absolutely is, you know, just we, we have no differentiation between, am I an employee right now? No, we're humans in the world who are here to serve other people, who are here to love one another well. And if we mess up, then we say, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't do this appropriately. I didn't hit the right button in virtuous, whatever it might be, right? That was a mistake on my part. <laughs> that was part. me. Yeah, sorry. I don't, know. I don't know how to get to this thing here, but, um, but can somebody please help me? And we do. We show up for one another and help and all the while with the undergirding of let's just love one another well. Ben, Heathers, I hear you share those different pieces, the grand vision that Dennis has called towards, but also thinking about the mission statement and what he shared through that, that that compassion and hope really flows through Jesus Christ and being able to share that love. And Heather, you talked earlier about your brokenness and being able to support your guests' brokenness. That really comes back to the gospel message and the ability of Jesus that ultimately provides that hope and that transformation. And the goal with events, I think about the events that Jesus hosted, being able to sit in community to break bread with one another and call into that community to live life and to live life to the fullest together and to share that hope with everyone. He sat and he ate with the children and the broken and the, and the widows. And so to be able to see that in action today, to really be the hands and feet and God, like Christ's disciples, I see that in action here in this place. Thank you. Now, if I could just figure out how to turn water into wine. (laughs) (laughs) But that message has been so consistent through our conversations today is, and I think I shared with y'all, we had a uh, company kickoff meeting in January. We're going to highlight a few clients. I picked y'all. And so not that I didn't have at least a good high level understanding of the work that you're doing, but as I started digging into your website and really digging into the details of the work that you're doing, something that really continued to come to the top of my mind was that and thinking about the people that you serve, right? They're here for lots of different reasons, but it doesn't matter why they're here, right? That's not that it's irrelevant because there are meaningful needs that you can meet based on mental challenges or addictions or whatever they may be. But that doesn't have any impact on whatsoever in terms of how you serve that person, how you live, love that person. The idea, and as, as Christians, as we're called to love and serve people, period. What kind of people? People. That's it. And that has been consistent through our entire conversation today. And that really spoke to me. And I, and I, I said that when I was presenting Mel Trotter at our company kickoff meeting. And it's just been so impactful to me today to really kind of reinforce that. And I think the other thing is there can be some political challenges around the work that y'all are doing. There can be some kind of preconceived notions that people come to the table with in terms of how they think and view homeless people. And a lot of times those attitudes are, quite frankly, pretty arrogant and uninformed. And so when we go back to what I suggested a moment ago in terms of who we're called to be, just to love and serve, and that's it, it simplifies it. And again, it's not simple because Dennis shared some pretty hair-raising stories with us today that have come out of that. But at the core of it and the root of it, in terms of how you're thinking about it, we don't need to worry about all the other stuff. We're just called to love and serve. And we're going to 
set the organization up. We're going to operate it in such a way so that we can do that as efficiently and effectively as possible and with as much dignity as possible, which is another thing that's really kind of struck me today is that how that is so informed the way that y'all are setting up your model. I was telling them, it almost makes me just feel ignorant about kind of the way I looked at things, but standing in the middle of that building and you kind of talking through, here's the individual room, here's why it's so important. Because as we discussed, it kind of, you're, you're basically stripping the chaos out of the experience that so many of them have. And then Seth was sharing the fact that you did that research to find out why certain segments of the population weren't coming and taking advantage of your services. And that was so incredibly eye-opening. And now you've created, you've listened and you've responded So you've been responsive in that way as well. And then you've equipped the organization and the model in such a way. So now you can serve those people and serving in a a really impactful way as well. So all that's been really fun to hear and see today. Yeah, thank you. We're really glad you guys came to visit us. (laughs) Yeah, beautifully said, Kara. Oh, I was just going to say, when Chip mentioned your team doing research to understand why certain populations weren't visiting you or utilizing your services, that's something I was going to bring up because I think it also speaks to your team's curiosity. And that has kind of run through everything and just being curious of how can we serve people best? How can we equip our team best? What's the vision look like? That's really cool to see. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, if we're not asking the question why, then I don't really know what we're doing, right? I mean, we we can't just assume because we're not in those shoes. And so we want to be in relationship and come alongside our guests and say, tell me your story. Hi, I'm Beth. How are you? Like, what's your name? And tell me, are you from, you know, anything that we would say to one another. Like, why would we speak to our guests any differently? We don't. And we can't presuppose to just, again, have all those answers without actually forming relationships, building trust and saying, how can we help? What is most needed from your lens, from your life, from what you're going through right now? What can we help you with right now? And so I love, Chip, what you said and, and Kyler about the, you know, the gospel mission. And that's really what it is. And so there, you know, I used to get hung up on all the rules. Not that I'm a rule follower, but I used to, you know, think, <laughs> what, oh, that's a lot. of rules? Yeah, I know, right? Like a, a lot to take in here. So it was amazing for me when Jesus was like, you know what? There's two. There's really just two. Love the Lord your God, all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And who is our neighbor? Everybody. We're all neighbors. We're all in this thing together. So that's what matters. I think, too, you know, you talked about the challenges and political issues, whatnot. I don't want to talk about that. What I want to say is I think the biggest challenge that we encounter on a consistent, regular basis that we have to overcome is fear. And I think fear is what ultimately divides us in any situation. There's a fear of the unknown. That is from our guests. They come in. They don't know what to expect from us. So there's a fear on their end when they come in about whether or not they can trust us, whether or not we're going to do what we say we're going to do. There is a fear among people maybe who are coming to work at the organization that they don't know what they're getting into. And there's definitely a fear within the community. There's a misunderstanding and an erroneous picture of what is the homeless person. And so that's one of my favorite parts about our job is that we get to help people overcome that fear and we get to help them bridge their understanding as to what it actually is. And I do, I think that's 100% what the gospel calls us to do, is to help people. And I think that's what Jesus was doing throughout all of the gospels, trying to help people understand what the actual picture is you're supposed to be seeing, not being influenced by all the fear. But fear is around us everywhere. And so that's, that's the difficulty. That's what we're trying to overcome more than anything else. Heather, we need a part two on the abundance versus scarcity mindset. We're just scratching the surface here, but... For anybody listening, like my big encouragement is abundance is out there. 
generosity is on offer for you, you are enough, you have enough, there is enough resources available to you. So just keep staying focused and aligned to your mission, to that big dream, because there is enough for all of us. And we might need to do a follow-up on that because that's a fun topic in and of itself. When you work with such wonderful, kind, smart people as the folks at Mel Trotter, time goes by really quickly. And so we got to wrap this up. I'd love to just go around the table and maybe start with Chip and we can go around. For anyone listening, as we think about increasing generosity, innovating towards our mission to grow our impact, what's just like one takeaway piece of advice that you'd give for any nonprofit tuning in today? I would just reiterate what I said earlier. It's just the willingness to embrace the idea to be innovative in spite of the unknown, in spite of the fear of failure. As Brian alluded to, we're a software technology company, but you don't have to buy software to be innovative, right? You don't have to buy software to be willing to change the status quo and potentially fail. It's more of a mindset. And I think that starts with the leadership of the organization and just establishing that throughout and just kind of opening that idea giving folks an opportunity to kind of breathe and relax and think and be creative and creating that space. And in addition to that, don't get overwhelmed by everything that you want to do. We say it all the time when you're thinking about embracing technology, we love the idea of the crawl, walk, run approach. You don't have to do everything at once. Just do one thing and then stop. Don't go beyond that. Let's build it. Let's run it. Let's learn from it. And let's iterate and let's improve it. And then let's think about what we're going to do next. I think my thought and advice comes in two quick parts. And it really comes back to why I feel blessed to do what I do. And it's because I have this opportunity to work with nonprofits and each of you out there listening that are uniquely serving a mission that you've been called to, that there is generosity and there's responsiveness in the mission that you have the opportunity to serve, whether it's individuals experiencing homelessness like here at Mel Trotter. There's organizations as unique as Rocky Mountain Raptor program that I recently had the pleasure of working with that are helping to rehabilitate wild birds in Colorado. So living into those missions, living into the work you do, you are really transforming lives in one way, shape or form. And there's individuals out there that are personally connected to the mission that you all serve and that will be generous in that as you communicate the impact that you have and they can see the value of the work that's being done. I'll keep mine short. I just thought of a phrase that I like to use in my personal life and I also used when I worked in the nonprofit space prior to joining Virtuous. And that was, it's okay to be scared, but do it anyway. One baby step at a time. I think my advice would be is take the time to build a relationship. You're always going to have stuff to do, but you're never going to regret taking the time to get to know someone and their story. And so I just take that time to get to know people and their story and their relationship. Mm-hmm. Maya's also sort of short and a mantra. Just be who God created you to be because we are all made with value and purpose. And so when you tap into that, it's incredible what can happen for the benefit of others when you listen to that and you just show up alongside people and say, I'm here for you. And then it's just sort of everything changes. Everything changes. Love that. Beth, Heather, Kara, Kyler, Chip, thanks so much. I think for me personally, there is nothing more fulfilling than getting to show up alongside people like you. 
So thanks y'all so much. Please head to meltrotter.org to learn more about their mission and all the work that they do. If you'd like to learn more about Virtuous, head on over to virtuous.org. And until then, thank you for all the work that you all do to fuel your mission to change the lives of those in your community and in our world. We need you. Keep going. And that's a wrap, folks. Thanks for tuning in this week to the Responsive Nonprofit Podcast. We are so grateful for your time. We know how busy you are and consider it a privilege to journey alongside you as you work to make change in our world. We believe in you and would love to hear from you. Projects like this are only as good as the feedback we get, the guests who come on, and all the topics we get to discuss. So if you have an idea, if you know of an impactful guest that must come on the show, or if you want to be a part of the responsive community, check us out over at virtuous.org backslash podcast and join the conversation. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite station. Your mission needs your collective talent and passion. So go forth and lead the charge forward and we'll be here cheering you on. We'll see you next week.